And there are times when I'll preach a different passage or a different message out of the same passage. And so uh, sometimes there's more thoughts in there. Matter of fact, I know this many times there's more thoughts in there than just what I bring out. Uh, and so uh, there's no doubt about that. And, and so sometimes we cannot obviously cover everything. And sometimes it just doesn't pertain to the direction that we're looking or the perspective that we're looking at this psalm. And, uh, and so tonight I want to look at it. And I want to get us something that I believe will be helpful to us. You'll remember Psalm 22 presents Christ in the past, and we looked at that, Christ on Calvary and his sufferings, and it was very prophetic looking forward to that. While we look back to it, and Psalm 23 really presents Christ in the present. Uh, and so we'll look at that tonight, and we'll see that. And uh, really, I have a, a two-point message and everyone said, praise the Lord. Or you can just look at it as two messages stitched together, okay? Uh, it's probably that, actually. Um, but, uh, uh, but we'll look at this. Psalm 23, the Bible says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's stop right there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for this comforting psalm that God undoubtedly has been used many and many a time and in, in many a uh, a saint's a dying time. And uh, God, it is certainly a comforting psalm when we think of that middle verse of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And God, certainly we are not to be fearful. And God, it is a comforting psalm. And there's much comfort given within this psalm. But God, I pray as we look at it tonight, we'd look at it afresh. We'd look at it anew. Father, we'd get a, uh, a another perspective and yet another application from this psalm that we can certainly apply to our life tonight, and God will thank you for that, and we'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As I was reading over the psalm, I usually do this, I'll, I'll read it several times, and, and many times uh, I'll actually take and write it out, and I just, I enjoy doing that, it helps me focus on every word, and sometimes I see things that are, uh, that are in there that I, I didn't notice before, and, and one thing as I was studying and looking over the psalm that stood out uh, was, was two distinct things, one is the first point that we're going to look at, and that's the sheep's responsibility. As you read through this psalm, there are certain things that are definitely within our bounds that we are responsible to complete. Uh, and as we look at this, I'm going to bring those out this evening. Uh, and then, the, then we'll look at the second one after that. But the, the first thing is the sheep's responsibility. Uh, and many times, you know, we think, well, we're, we're just sheep, and so we don't have a responsibility. Well, according to this psalm, we actually do have responsibility. 
responsibility. And we'll see what those things are uh, so that we're not, we're not oblivious to them and we're not missing them in our life. And uh, I, of course, made them all uh, start with the letter C to help you out, all right? So uh, our sheep's responsibility. I want you to notice the first and foremost thing in verse number one. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I love this in, in verse number one, uh, and I put down this for verse number one, choose your captain. I had to start with a C, so it could be shepherd, all right? Shepherd would be fine. Captain starts with a C, so I just made that that. But uh, choose your, your shepherd. Hey, we, I, I really don't like the whole idea. Well, we're all God's children. You ever hear people say that? That is not true. We are not all God's children. We are not all God's sheep. And we need to understand that. And I love the way this psalm starts out because it's very personal and it's very emphatic. And he says, the Lord is my, that is a personal, shepherd. And and I love the way he words that. Uh, Listen, uh, you become God's sheep uh, when we, you don't become one of God's sheep without seeing Jesus Christ crucified, uh, risen from the dead as a sacrifice for our sins and saying, hey, I'm going to put my faith and trust in him as my savior. That's how we become his sheep. And I, I would imagine on Wednesday night, uh, the maju- I would imagine everyone in, in the auditorium would be saved tonight. But you never know. Ed. There could be somebody that doesn't know the Lord is their personal shepherd. But that is the first thing uh, as sheep's responsibility. Hey, we have to choose him to be our shepherd. And, and it's personal. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I remember growing up in a Christian home all my life, and I've heard it said many a times, and, and it's a good thing. Uh, sometimes, you know, you grow up in a Christian home, and I know all our kids are out in class. So that's fine. I get that. Uh, but sometimes you grow up in a, home, a Christian's home, and you just think, well, I'm automatically a Christian. I mean, after all, I go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My parents are, you know, taking me to church all the time. And, and listen, I remember when, when somebody came along and they said, hey, listen, it's got to be a personal decision your mom and dad cannot decide for you. And I'm like, wow, that's true. They can't make that decision. And it becomes real, and it has got to be a personal decision that we make. And so first and foremost, uh, we must choose uh, to make the Lord our shepherd. Maybe we should word it this way, uh, accept the Lord. Uh, as our shepherd. He certainly wants to be your shepherd. He wants to save you and change your life. That's why he came. Uh, and so we need to choose him as our captain. Uh, the next thing, and, and I, it's right there in verse 1 as well. It says, I shall not want. I remember reading this when I was younger and I didn't really understand it. I read it this way. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And I thought, well, that, what is wrong with that verse? I want the Lord as my shepherd. Why is he saying he doesn't want the Lord as his shepherd? And, and uh, obviously I didn't have my grammar proper and, and I didn't really understand it. But if you read that second phrase, it says, I shall not want. Not only must we choose as sheep uh, our captain, the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, but secondly, hey, we have got to choose contentment in our Christian life. 
We've got to choose contentment. Uh, listen, the world is constantly bombarding us uh, with this idea of, hey, we're, we're not content. We don't have everything that we need. And the world would have you to believe that you need this and you need that and you need a new home and you need a new car and you need a new uh, phone and you need a new gun and you need a new motorcycle and you need a new bass boat and you need new golf clubs and baseball bats and everything out there trying to sell you everything under the sun and they want you to believe that your life is not complete unless you have the newest greatest gadget that is out that's really what they want to do and listen the bible is very clear that we need to be content with what we have save your spot here in 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 psalm 23 go with me to first timothy chapter number six. First timothy chapter number six I won't spend a lot of time on this, but these verses are so true and so good for us to look at. First Timothy chapter number six and verse number six. And you can highlight this by you. You could memorize this verse. It would do all of us good to memorize it. The Bible says in first Timothy six and verse number six, chapter six, verse six. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Boy. That's, that's the message right there of contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And, uh, and it goes on, look at what he says there in verse number 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And boy, that's really what our world is advocating, that if you're not wealthy, if you're not rich, then uh, you've got problems in life. And they're constantly trying uh, to, to cram down our throat the idea that, hey, you have got to have more and, and make more money quicker and faster and easier without working so hard. And listen, that is the opposite of what God's Word says. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so we need to understand that. And, and listen, the, the, the devil is the best marketer ever. I, and, and listen, he's been doing it since the Garden of Eden. I was listening to, um, I was listening to a preacher today, and, and, uh, and he, he said it this way. He said, if I go into a grocery store, and, 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 and they take me around, they say, you can have any, any of this, any that you want in this whole store. You can go around and you can take any of it that you want. You can take as much of it as you want. You can load your car up with everything except for this one item in this store. You know what? You know what the, you're going to stand there drooling over that one item. Man, you can have the steaks, but you can't have this can of beans. And you're like, man, I really want that can of beans. And listen, that's really what the devil did to Eve. God said, you can have the entire garden. Everything that's here is yours. You can have as much as you want. Eat everything that you want, except for this one tree. And the devil comes along, and what does he do? He markets that one thing that she's not allowed to have. And says, here, uh, boy, it's the, what he said is not really true. 
And, and you know how, uh, how the deceiving went. And, and you know that over time, uh, that, that just continues. And listen, to this very day, uh, the world really tries to sell us discontentment. And, and Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We ought to be content with God as our shepherd. Bible says that in uh, Matthew 6, uh, it says, in, and, and well, it says that in Timothy, uh, the reference I was thinking of, let us have food and clothing, let us therewith be content. But the same idea applies in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The idea is that we are content with what God has given us. And when we start to become discontented with what we have, you know what the problem is? It's not our discontentment. It's that we feel God is not treating us fairly. And he hasn't provided everything that we want. And, and we start to get the, the, uh, the little poochy lip disease where our lip starts to hang out and you trip over your own lip because uh, you're upset and you're frustrated with God. And, and, and you cannot be godly and upset with God. Those two things do not go together. And so we find that the Lord is my shepherd. We need to choose him as our captain. We need to choose contentment. I shall not want. That is a personal desire that he says, hey, I'm not going to look outside and say, boy, I wish I had that. He's going to say, I'm content with God. Boy, how we need contentment. Listen, Jesus fills the void in our life that can't be filled with anything else. We know that as Christians, but the world is just so slick. And the way that they constantly promote things causes us that discontentment. And we need to be careful that we choose contentment. Look with me in verse number two. The Bible says this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. And uh, not only do we need to choose our captain, we need to choose contentment. Verse number two, uh, we need to choose to comply. You know, God leads us. You ever, uh, you ever, you ever watch um, a shepherd? You probably never watched it, but but uh, maybe you've seen it here or there. A shepherd will get up and he'll walk, and you know what? He doesn't have a rope tied to those sheep. Those sheep follow him. It is a willing compliance that says, "Oh, shepherd's going. I'm going. Hey, I want to be by him. Wherever he goes, I want to go with him, because he provides for me. My some some people, when you walk your dog, you know you got you have your leash. I have my dog's leash, and I walk my dog. It's actually not true. I don't walk my dog. My dog walks me. My dog does not follow me at all. My dog is out ahead, and and she is pulling me. Matter of fact, I, I, when I jogged a lot, I used to really like it because she really increased my time. I mean, she was pulling me down the road, I, and and really up to my speed. And and uh, but I don't like it because she's she's leading me. Hey, listen, how many times in our life, if we're not careful, we're going to get out ahead of God, and we're pulling God along, saying, God, come on, hey, let's go here, let's go there, and listen. Let's be real honest. Who's smarter? God or us? And we ought to be following God. And my dog is not smarter than me, trust me. I know I'm not real bright, but my dog is really not that bright either. 
and my dog shouldn't be leading me, my dog would drag me right out into traffic. And it's a good thing I'm bigger than her, and I can hold the brakes and just yank her back and, and, uh, and say, no, we're not going out there. There's cars. Don't you see that, dum-dum? And, and listen, sometimes we get out ahead of God and we're not following God or we're off to the side and we're not even paying attention to where God is. And we need to choose to comply to where God is going. Look at what he says there in verse number two. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And uh, those green pastures, boy, they can represent the scriptures. I'm sure they can represent a lot of things, but boy, they can represent the scriptures. And boy, how green and lush are the pastures in the word of God that he provides for us to just rest in, to be able to be comfortable in, to be able to say, you know what, I can trust in this. And these are things that are going to help me. And it's restful and it's peaceful and it's calming to look through scriptures and find things that say, you know, what? You can trust in God. And there's comfort there if we choose to follow him into the scriptures. Then he goes on in verse number two, and he says this, he says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Listen, still waters are calm, they're deep, they're refreshing, and that's much like the Spirit, and we comply to the Spirit in our life, uh, God's Holy Spirit that is in our life, and that will lead us and direct us, and we have got to follow Him into those, uh, those, those uh, places by the still waters, and into those pastures, and, and he goes on in verse number three, look at what he says here in verse number three, he restoreth my soul, I love this, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Listen, that's clearly that's sanctification. I mean, we are to follow in his paths of what? Of righteousness. Nothing bothers me or angers me more, righteous anger, than, than people giving God credit for something wicked that they did. God, God told me to do it. An angel told me to do it. God's, God's going to lead you in paths of righteousness, not in paths of wickedness. He, he's not going to take you down the wrong path. He's not going to take you down a place that you don't belong. He's going to take you to a place where you do belong, where your life will be right, where your life will be bettered because of him. And I love this as I was writing this out. Uh, look at what it says there. The Bible says, uh, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Notice this, for his name's sake. I read that and I thought, man. God doesn't want his sheep, sheep that are known by his name. Oh, that's one of the Lord's sheep wandering over there where he's not supposed to be. That's what he doesn't want. He wants us following him for the sake of his name, that we would represent the Lord well in everywhere we go and everything that we do and, and all the things that we say and all the things that we do in our lifetime, that we would represent God well for his name's sake. He's leading us in the paths of righteousness to make us better, to clean up our lives and to change us for the better. That's what all the New Testament's talking about when it says put off the old things and put on the new things because he wants us to be better. We need to choose to comply. 
verse number four, he leads us. We're still talking about being led by him and we're complying to his leadership in our life. And this is interesting. In verse number four, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Listen, sometimes we think, and I know I've said this before, sometimes we think, well, you know, if I'm following God, then everything's going to go smooth and there won't be any problems. That's not true. It was just a couple weeks ago we looked at the disciples getting on the boat and, and Jesus said, let's get on the boat and go to the other side. In the middle of that lake, uh, the Bible says that a windstorm kicked up and, and all of a sudden uh, the, the water was coming into the boat. and The disciples uh, were fearful and went to Jesus and said, Master, awake lest we perish. And after he calmed the storm, he said, why are ye so fearful? And we noticed that Jesus told them to get in the boat. We, told, we noticed that Jesus said, let's go across the lake. And sometimes God will allow us to go through storms and go through struggles and go through hardships in our life. Why? Because it strengthens our faith. When we grow, when we watch God move, when we say, you know what, God did this in my life or God did that in my life and our faith is grown and we are strengthened when we choose to comply and follow God. Yes, even through those difficult moments, we can say thank God for his provision and how he takes care of us. And sometimes we will go through hardship. We're looking at what our responsibility is. Not only that, but notice this in verse number four. This is the last one of our responsibilities is we need to choose to confide. It says there in verse number four, I will fear no evil. Listen, you cannot trust in God and fear evil. It's one or the other. You're going to fear evil or you are going to trust in God. There's no, there's no two ways about it. And, and the psalmist here writes it, says, I will fear no evil. That's a choice he makes. In other words, I'm choosing to confide in my shepherd. I trust that my shepherd is leading me in the right direction. And when I find myself in a, in a, in a valley that's full of shadows of death or struggles or hardships, and I find myself looking around and I find myself getting fearful, that is the time to fasten my eyes back on the shepherd and reacquaint myself with him and re-say to myself, you know what, I choose to comply in my shepherd, with my shepherd and I choose to confide in him that he knows and that he can protect me even through this. This hardship that we're going through. It's a choice on our end that we choose to trust in him. Spurgeon said this, he said, and I love the way he worded this, I'd never heard this before. He said, the shadow of a dog cannot bite you. The shadow of a sword cannot kill you. The shadow of death cannot destroy you. Boy, isn't that good? You notice there, he's in the shadow of, of death. It says uh, uh, in verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, you don't have to fear a shadow. Uh, we're with God. He is our shepherd. We've, we've chosen him to be our captain and, and we're following him. We're complying to his orders and we can confide in him as our shepherd, even going through some of the most difficult things. We can trust in him. 
Look at what he says there in verse number four. These are two reasons. He says, for, uh, for thou, number one, thou art with me. His presence. Boy, there's nothing like being with the shepherd. And you know what? If, if you find yourself a little bit fearful, you know what the best thing is? Move a little closer to the shepherd. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Crowd him out. That's okay. He, he's not going to complain that you've gotten too close to him. And God's never going to say, back up and give me space. And uh, he's going to say, it's okay. Come a little closer. I've got you in my arms. It's okay. I'll take care of you. But it's not just his presence. I want you to notice this as well. He says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And uh, listen, the, the, I put those two together, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. The rod is often thought of as the idea of correction. And listen, there is a comforting thought to know that our Father, our Heavenly Father, would correct us. That He would love us and care enough about us to say, Listen, little sheep, you are going the wrong way. You need to steer yourself back here and stay closer to me. Hey, that's, that's a blessing to know that, that God would care enough about us to watch out for us, to take care of us, to look out for our lives, and to correct us when we're, we're doing wrong. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, and ye, and, have, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Listen, God loves us enough to correct us and bring us back into the fold. And that's not the only purpose of the rod and the staff. The rod and the staff also can be used in a form of, of protection and to help sheep and to do all kinds of other things. But, and, and listen, just the fact that our shepherd and that we trust him enough to say, listen, he's not going to hurt me. He's not looking out to try and uh, uh, treat me poorly. He's looking out for what's best for me. And if he's corrected me, then I must have done something that was not right. And, and we can confide and we can trust in him because he is the good shepherd. There's no reason to distrust him. We see all of our responsibilities in those things. I want you to notice the second thing that I notice in this psalm. We see the sheep's responsibility. That's the first thing. The second thing that I see is the shepherd's responsibility. Now, I love this because the shepherd will never fail at his responsibilities. We're looking at them and we're recognizing them to consider them as blessings in our life. And think about this as we, we look at verses 2 and 3, of course, we see that he leads us. And we've noted that, that our responsibility is to follow the shepherd. But listen, uh, the fact that he does lead us, uh, these all don't start with a C, sorry. They don't, they're not even alliterated. But he leads us. And you know what? The fact that God would take the time, that's nothing for him. He doesn't even have to think about it. To lead my life amazes me. That he cares enough about me to say, hey, I'm going to guide you and direct you 
in your life. And listen, he does care about your life. He does care about uh, your circumstances. Uh, the Bible tells us in, in, uh, in, in the Gospels that, that, listen, not even one sparrow falls to the ground that he doesn't take note. And, and it says basically, how much better are you than the sparrows? God cares about us. God will lead us. He'll direct us. He'll give us direction in our life. Uh, we, we talked about it this week uh, that if you need wisdom, you can ask of God. And listen, he gives to all men liberally. And you can say, God, I'm not for sure what to do in this situation. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. If you go to God and you ask him, hey, listen, the Bible is very clear. He'll pour out wisdom to you. He'll help you in those when, when you're lacking the, the things that you need in situations. And he'll guide you. He'll lead you. That's what a shepherd does. And you can count it a blessing that he'll do that. Not only that, but look with me in verse number three. Now in verse number two, he'll lead us. And of course, in three, we see that as well. And even in verse number four. But notice in verse number three, this, the Bible says, he restoreth my soul. Obviously, that's one reference to salvation and praise the Lord that in, in being saved that our, 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 we are given life and eternal life and we are brought into the fold and, and that is certainly a blessing. But I want you to notice this as well. Even in our Christian life, sometimes we, come, we become burdened down with sin of our own choosing. We wander away. And we find ourselves burdened down. We find ourselves concerned. And, and listen, uh, God can restore, as the psalmist says in, one, in verse, uh, chapter 51 and verse number 12, when David wrote this, he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And listen, he restores our soul. Isn't it wonderful that we have a God that says, Hey, listen, it, it's okay. I'm going to make it all better. We're going to fix it. When you come back to God, the, the, the prodigal son that, that went away and wasted all his substance, then he turns around and goes back to the father, and the father is standing there waiting, watching for him, and, and, and receives him and restores him. And he just went back and said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just let me be one of your servants. And the father's like, no, 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 no. You're my son. And he restores him. Praise the Lord for the restoration that God brings us back into the fold when we wander astray, when we don't do what we're, we're supposed to do. And thank God for the restoration that he gives to us. Look at verse number five. Not only does he lead us and does he restore us, but in verse number five, the Bible says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Hey, listen, God's care and provision for us. I thought of, and I just jotted these down really quickly, uh, the, all the times that God has provided in the, in the Bible, and there's many more than this, but, but I thought, you know, God provided manna for the nation of Israel. They were out in the wilderness they had food, but they complained. And God said, okay, I'll give you manna and provided for them. How about when Elijah uh, was running and, and, and scared for his life and he exhausted himself. And the Bible says he fell asleep and, and really wished himself dead. And, and, and the little, uh, an angel woke him rather and, and said, hey, uh, I've got some food here prepared for you and provided for him. 
in that time that he was down? How about the time when Jesus was in the wilderness with his disciples and, and 5,000, the Bible says 5,000 men, and there was a little bit of fish, a little bit of bread, and, and he broke them and he provided for all of those people. How about when, uh, when God provided food for Peter? You think about this, Peter, say, I go, Peter said, I go a-fishing, went off-fishing. You notice when, when, he re, when it was God, when it was Jesus on the shore, and Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side, and they did, and Peter realized, that's Jesus, and, and he jumped in the, the, the water and swam all the way to the Lord. You know what was there? Jesus had fish already baked on the coals. It was already prepared for him. And I'm just telling you that Jesus, our good shepherd, is able to prepare for us. And listen, it gets even better than that because he's able to prepare for us in the presence of our, our enemies. What an amazing verse that he prepares and he takes care of us. Verse number five, the last part of it, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. There's all kinds of illustrations you can run with the anointing oil, and, and I've heard them, and I've read them, and, and certainly that's, that's all uh, accurate and, and good and well, but I'm just saying, listen, the Lord anoints us with what, in my opinion, the Holy Spirit, and every day we have the Holy Spirit that goes with us, and I think what a blessing to be saved to be part of the shepherd or part of the sheepfold of Jesus Christ. And why would you want any other fold? Why would you want to go to somebody else when we see how good our shepherd is and how he prepares for us, how he leads us, how he takes care of us, how he anoints us, how he cares about us? What a, what a good shepherd that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing. We see the shepherds responsibility. Listen, we have our responsibility, and he does his responsibility, and he'll never fail us. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, what a blessing to know the good shepherd, the great shepherd, really. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart Father, that we'd be encouraged, we'd be strengthened, we'd be blessed knowing that you are the good shepherd. God, that you know and do what is best for us. God, help us to confide in you. Help us to comply to you, to your word, to your leadership in our lives, to follow you. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a short few hymns, a few, few bars of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar is open. Maybe you just want to thank the Lord for his watch, care, and protection. Maybe you're not as close to the good shepherd as you need to be. And, and you say, Lord, I, I want to draw closer to you. That old song we sing, prone to wander, prone to leave the one I love. Maybe we just need to get a little closer to him. Walk a little closer to him.
draw closer to him. As the piano plays, the altar's open.